Welcome to a brand new episode of Talking Rivals, a podcast about the best bleeping rivalry in all of baseball and sports. And uh, I'm Patrick, your co-host, covering everything Red Sox. And this is Chris, my co-host, covering everything Yankees. And uh, it's been an interesting week. Oh, yeah, for both of us. <laughs> yeah, the, the Red Sox are surging. I, look, the Yankees, the Yankees are still playing good baseball, but... Anytime you lose two in a row, you know you're having a good year, and that's a big deal. Yeah, a couple of big injuries for us, too. But uh, yeah, we'll get into the injuries. Um, well, I guess, I guess the only place to start is with the Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson. I didn't see it live. Um, I by the time I found out that it was on Amazon, I was watching other games and then I was looking on Yes, and I was like, Why is there soccer? and then I went into it rabbit hole looking at soccer for a little bit <laughs> and I have no concept of soccer at all so I was like a fish out of water but right anyway by the time I got to the Yankee game they had already cleared the bench and, and moved on a little bit um so I didn't see it live what were your initial impressions uh I didn't see it live either but I, I re-watched it um on the replay uh listen what he said I don't consider, well, I don't think it was racist and I'm, I'm pretty sensitive against, you know, racist comments and stuff like that. I, I think you know me pretty well now. Um, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm not black. So I obviously, he might've taken it as a racist remark, but I don't think he meant it to be a racist remark. I think, I think Josh Donaldson is just one of those players that when he's on your team, you love him. And when he's not on your team, you hate him. He's just that. Type exactly. Of and I think to your point, it might've been, look, I can't understand what's going through Tim Anderson's head. Right. So, and I, I think it might be the way he said it, not what he said. Yeah, that could be. Um, but I mean, you know, yeah, to your point, Josh Donaldson's, if he's on your team, you're like, all right, this is good. He's got an edge to him. Yeah. He's feisty. He's, you know, but then if you're not on this team, he just might be one of those players that it's like, come on, you're really going to needle me with that. So, I mean. And, you know, and, and to add a little uh, context to it, in everybody knows 2019 now, um, he, uh, Tim Anderson did an interview for SI.com. You guys could look it up. It's out there. And just a quick quote on what he said in that interview. He says, I kind of feel like today's Jackie Robinson. That's to say, but it's cool, man, because he changed the game. And I feel like I'm getting to a point to where I need to change the game now. Okay. So it's out there that he wants to be the next, you know, today's Jackie Robinson and that's fine. And I get it, you know, because he wants to get more, I think he wants to get more, you know, black people into the game because there's not many in baseball. And also a lot of it was a reference to when he got suspended for the walk-off celebration. Right when he flipped, when he like threw the bat and yeah, which is cool. Now I think, you know, players are doing that now. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't think it was, I, I think, listen, like I said, Josh Donaldson, he's a guy that's an instigator. He's going to get under your skin and he's going to say things to get under your skin. To me, that's just, uh, you know, it's just sport, you know, like sport, gamemanship, not sportsmanship. It's more gamemanship. This happens every game in every sport, right? A yeah. guy out there tries to nudge you a little bit and say things. 
And you know what? And at times they get, they go over the line. You know what? They do that to get you to, to, you know, to react in some way. Right. Of course. Of course. I, right. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I'm with you on this. I wouldn't, I, when I heard about it, I didn't think it was overly racist. I just thought it was, it's hard to, it's in that gray area of like, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of like an inside joke between Tim Anderson and, and Tim Anderson's friends. And maybe Anderson just doesn't consider Donaldson friends. So that's why he took offense. Oh, absolutely. And Donaldson, if just... somebody you don't like calls you by your nickname, right? You're like, well, what the hell are you, what are you talking about? Who are you? So I could, I, I I don't understand getting that angry, but again, if you're in the heat of the moment, I, I think certain things should be off base, and I don't, I don't think Donaldson meant it in. No, I definitely. You know, not. I think if Donaldson really wanted to go somewhere, he could have, you know, talked about his family. You know, certain things are off base, right. off yeah. limits, and I don't think this was that bad. But yeah, he just you know, in between the lines when you're playing, juice flowing and. You know, you 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 revved up to begin with, right? Um, and there's worse things. I'm telling you. I'm sure if you interviewed a bunch of players, they would tell you there's worse things that people say out on the field between those lines. Yeah, and I think that's also why they give the players a little buffer after the game before the media comes in. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you don't want a microphone. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we haven't picked up more things with the microphone, with the access now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think when they during the games, the <laughs> I, I just think when they're when they wear the make uh, the the mic, they're more aware of you know what they say. They they're like, okay, I can't say that now because I'm I'm mic'd up. So yeah, and, and I think the other players know that this guy is mic'd up um, to be to be more careful about it. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I just. Listen, he's he's trying to get under his skin. Is he is he an a hole for saying what he said? Yeah, maybe. But he's poking him a little bit. Yeah. yeah. In and in, in this in our you know in our times now everybody is overly sensitive. So, and I get that Anderson's in a different place there, and you know, and he's overly sensitive too, probably because of what's going on in the world. So I get it, but I don't think it was meant to be racist, and I hope. I just hope that Major League Baseball doesn't um, suspend him for this. You know, if you want to slap him on the wrist and tell him, you know, or fine him and say, listen, man, just don't go that don't, don't go that far. And, you know, and Anderson. I mean, if baseball really wanted to do something productive out of this, instead of fining him and taking the money, which they don't need, they could say, you know, uh, I don't know, take the fine and give it right. to charity. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think Something that would like be that. Yeah, that would probably to, be a, to an initiative for, you know, baseball or whatnot. So someone on on he's on MLB Network on the uh, MLB off base show that goes on. I think it's at three o'clock. Oh, that's an interesting show. I like that show. Yeah. And the guy's name is Keith McPherson. Yep. He also has his own uh, show on WFAN in New York. And he, he posted, he tweeted a couple of things about it. And one of the things he did, uh, one, of, one of the posts, one of the tweets, I should say, that he tweeted out really got to me. And I said, this is exactly what, it's perfect. And I'll just read it off to you. 
So if anybody wants to check him out, he's at Keith underscore McPherson on Twitter. Um, he tweeted about an hour or so ago. He says, Saturday's new, Saturday news can't blow over because the media goes back to work today and has to weigh in. Such nonsense, a waste of time. People ignore actual racism forever, but love to focus on perceived racism, which is cancel culture. Trash talk between grown men who make millions to play baseball. And that's all it was to me. And maybe Anderson took it a little bit. Okay, and that's fine. But Donaldson said it after the game. He said, listen, I didn't mean it any way, in any way, shape, or form. And he said, what, what, bought, what really got to me also, what Donaldson said was that he said, I've said it to him a few times over the last three years. That, that's why I mentioned it was probably how he said it. Right. So maybe like, right, the way he said it or. I listen, doubt that was the only word that he used. He wasn't, right. he wasn't like, hello, Jackie, how was your afternoon? Right, right, right. He, you know, yeah. so I mean, he might have snided at him or just, but, you know. But leading up to that incident, there were a couple other incidences. Yeah, with the tag. So, yeah, so. Dating back but, to Donaldson in Minnesota. Yeah, so there's a little bit of history now with these two. So maybe the first couple of times he said it, it was a joke. But now, you know, Anderson probably is like, you know, they're not on best speaking terms saying it that way. So now it's like, now he's going to take it as an insult, you know? So I get that. I, I, so I understand that. So now he can't joke around with him about that. Now you got to, right. okay, if you're going to nudge him, if you're going to poke him a little bit, you better use. So th that's what, that's what the lesson he should know. Like, okay, we're not on joking terms anymore. We're not buddies. We're not, now we're, on separate teams we're on we're always on separate teams but you know what i mean now we're like okay yep. now we're we're villains against each other so now it's if i'm going to get under your skin it's going to be in a different way it's not going to be in uh i'm not going to use that term anymore so okay to me that that's that's what i think major league baseball should tell them and say listen you guys aren't you guys aren't friends anymore so you can't you know you can't you know can't you can't bust chops in that sense you could do right. it obviously and in other ways, but you know, that's an area maybe you don't want to go. So, that's... and came back to on the field stuff. What were your impressions um, from the White Sox series? Because I know the Red Sox are playing the White Sox this week to preview, but to review the Yankees, uh, the White Sox seem to be getting their sea legs under them, starting to play a little better. Yeah, I think so. Really good pitching, obviously, the last two, you know, in the, in the double header. I mean, they gave up one run in two games. Um, but, um, yeah, the first game, uh, the Yankees won 7-5. to five. We finally got to Keuchel, which is amazing. That's a miracle because we got <laughs> we never hit. Um, but uh, Kopich, looked, Kopich uh, looked great Sunday night. I mean, he was throwing a perfect game going into the sixth inning. Um but uh, yeah, the pitching looked great. Hitting is still, you know, I, I think they they miss Jimenez a little bit more, but I think they're starting to they're starting to get some kind of momentum and you know, winning two out of three against the Yankees. I think that's a big uh, I think that's a big momentum starter, especially with everything that went on. And I think if they lost the the doubleheader, I think that would have been huge, you know, negative obviously for them. But now they got the momentum. And now they go into, like, say, your series later on in the week. But, um, yeah, and, uh, and the Yankees just, I mean, they just couldn't score 
Sunday. I mean, in two games, they scored one run, and it was on the solo home run by uh, by Judge to tie it in that in the early game. So, but and uh, then I guess the the big the other big news for the Yankees is uh, the injuries. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Hill and Chad Green both go he, down. Yeah, Hill is going to have Tommy John, um, so that. That definitely uh, hurts the uh, the AAA depth, obviously, especially starting, and um, and losing Green in the bullpen. I mean, especially him. He was going. I feel really it's heartbreaking because the guy was going into his free agency year. You know, he was going to be a free agent after this year. Who knows if, if the Yankees would have signed him? But he was going to probably cash in a little bit. You know, finally yeah, he would have gotten a decent contract. Yeah, because he's been great for us. You know, he's been that solid guy, and he's been really solid for you know, a few years now and, uh, and losing him is, is rough, but I think the bigger, I think even bigger now seeing Chapman, I think he's given up a run now in five straight appearances, they said. Um, and they said they're going to treat his uh, Achilles heel um, after the game. So that's been bothering him. So that might be, a, that to me is the bigger issue. And another big issue for the bullpen is Luizaga. I mean, that guy has just been, He's just been bad this year. He's not been good. I mean, his ERA this year is 7.02, you know? And this guy's coming off a year last year where he had an ERA of 2.42, and he looked great. And I thought, you know what? This guy's going to be our closer, you know, after Chapman leaves. I'm sorry, his ERA was 2.17 last year. Um, Yeah, it uh, looked like he was ready to take that next step. Yeah, I thought so. I figured this year, you know, Chapman's last year of his contract and probably not going to sign him. He's getting up there in age and he's, you know, he showed, he showed, uh, you know, his warts a little bit more last year. Um, yeah. So that, I think that's the bigger thing because if Loisiger is fine, if he's pitching like he did last year, I wouldn't have felt as bad losing green or Chapman at some point because, you know what? You got a couple of arms in 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 the minors that you could bring up, and the rest of the guys are pitching great. Holmes has been great. Um, Lucky's been okay. Um, Castro's been pretty solid. He he gave up a home run yesterday too, but um, I think Holmes is the key. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be the closer this year. Yeah, you know, I mean, unless Chapman, unless Chapman's Achilles heel is really is gonna heal and he's gonna come back and better than ever. Yeah, I, I think Holmes should definitely be the closer. And I can see the Yankees def- definitely making a move for at least one bullpen arm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you lose two guys and maybe three now with Chapman. Uh, definitely. Um, but, um, yeah, I, what I think they're going to do is bring up, you know, they already brought up, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mariachi. Oh, man, what's his name? I can't say his name. Marinaccio. Marinaccio. Yeah. They brought him up. So I think they're going to, you know, go with him. You got Clark Schmidt up, you know, and they signed uh, David McKay. And and that's why going into the season, everyone says it. You can't have enough pitching. Yeah. Because it always catches up to you. And I think they're going to run these guys for about a month, right? Because nobody's really selling off anybody yet. You know, everybody's kind of still in the playoff hunt. It's way too early. You know, we're not even, you know, we'll be in June next week. So um, I, I think, you know, they're, they're just going to, you know, I hate to use the word tread water, see how these guys fit in. If, you know, Mariachi, uh, Mariachi doesn't, 
you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. That guy, if any good stuff, though. yeah, if, if if they, you know, anybody they bring up, any young kid from AAA, um, if they they really can't handle it, yeah, then by the end of the month, I'm sure they're going to be out there. Uh, right. Yeah. No, it makes too much sense. You have a lot of talent in the minor leagues. Yeah. Why not bring up a couple of those guys and see which one kind of rises to the top? Yeah, and and then on top of that. If you want to go on to the other side with the offense, now you got Hicks who's doing like absolutely nothing. I mean, and he's been doing nothing for this team. So that's, that's, that's a bigger issue, right? Because he's just starting center fielder. I know you can move judge there, but then you're going to need someone in right. You don't want to play Stanton every day in right, you know, and then Gallo Gallo is still, I mean, batting 176. Now he's on the, uh, the IL because of uh, COVID. You know, uh, him and um, and Higgy are both on the uh, COVID list. So they'll be out a little bit. Um, and Brantley was brought up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, from AAA. He's, you know, older guy. He's been around, you know, journeyman, catcher, 32 years old. He actually broke up the perfect game last night. So, but, um, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the big move, too. Not big, big move, but I think there's going to be a move coming there in the next month. Maybe sooner for an outfielder. I know they brought up Florio to be the extra guy for the double header, but I think he'll stay around because of you know the Gallo on the uh, on the COVID list. You know, so maybe we'll see him play a little bit more, and maybe maybe he steps up. You know, because if he steps up, then you don't really have to make a major move. But if he doesn't, and Gallo and Hicks, excuse me, still um, are hitting the way they are now for the next month. I mean, they're, they're going to have to make a major move for an outfielder because you can't keep running out Hicks and Gallo hitting, you know, Hicks is at 212, Gallo's at 176. And w- what makes it even worse is like Hicks is garbage in the field now. I mean, he is just, and he's your center fielder and you, you should have at least a, an above yeah, average. Yeah, you should at least be a glove. And yeah. But that try was, to get on base when you get up, but. Yeah, so that's that. That to me is more just as concerning, you know, because we've done this without too much production, offensive production from him or Gallo or either one of the catchers. So um, yeah, so I it's as good as as good as we are right now, you know, in first place, you know, maybe the best team in baseball. Uh, there, there's going to be a couple of moves for sure coming by the end of the month. Yeah, and you guys have how many game lead is it? Five game lead on Toronto, seven. I mean, five on Tampa, seven on Toronto, ten on Boston, twelve and a half on Baltimore. Mm. Toronto is a team that's just kind of lurking. Twenty-two and nineteen. I don't think they played their best ball yet. No, and maybe. <laughs> maybe this is one of your bolder statements. Hey, well, you never know. Come out true. Maybe you're right. Because right rule right now they would get in by a game. That wow. would be the last wild card team. Huh. Uh, Boston, it's Chicago is a game out, and then Boston's three out. There's a bunch of bunch of teams that are. I mean, some teams are like you said, starting to get out of it. Detroit, Kansas City. But uh, yeah, to go back to Boston, it's um, it was a it's been a good week, uh, five in a row, 
And then for the whole week, it was one, two, three, five, six, six out of seven. And then even further back, it's eight out of 10. Um, they took two out of three against Houston at home. And then they took all four against Seattle at home. So I, I couldn't really ask for more. Um, I mean, yesterday's game was, was really uh, was really interesting for a couple of reasons, but mainly Franchi Cordero had a walk-off grand slam. Yep. I, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw a walk-off grand slam. Yeah. <laughs> that That's would be true. a good trivia question. But, oh, yeah. Um, and Franchi Cordero also. I mean – that's the second career home run as a Red Sox. Right. So, uh, look, I'd rather have him hit him more consistently, but if he's going to do one a year, make it a walk-off. Yep. Um, the big news, I guess, in story getting hot uh, for Red Sox fans. Trevor Story is starting to um, – well, not starting to. He's, he's coming into his own now. I think he's just getting used to – like we were saying last episode, just getting used to the market, to the new stadium for him, new league for pitching, all that stuff, new position. Yeah. And um, going on there. Yeah, it was just a matter of time. I mean, I think you said it. If you just look at his the back of his baseball card, you knew he was going to put up numbers. It was just a matter of when. And the pitching has been a little better. I mean, they're still winning some games by kind of what we figured they would do, out slugging people. Right. There haven't been a lot of shutdown games. Uh, I know Pavetta going back further into the week against Houston, they won five to one. Pavetta threw a complete game, uh, which was very impressive. He, um, he, he, I was surprised he got the ball in the ninth inning of that game on Wednesday. Um, I think he went into the game, went into the inning with over a hundred pitches, but Cora after the game said, uh, there was a look in his eyes. I thought he'd kill me if I took the ball from him. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you, I wanted to see that. I, I want guys that are on my team that are like, you know, you don't want them to, you don't want to ride them too hard and get hurt right. with their arms, but you, you want the guy that has an edge to him and says, look, this is my game to finish. Um, but, yeah, the, the two out of three was, to me, more impressive against Houston than the yeah. four-game sweep against Seattle. Because Seattle, even though I picked them for the playoffs, that means they're doing what they're normally doing, and they're not going to make it. Houston is a, is a really good team. That's, um, that was impressive, winning two out of three. And they have today off, and then they play three in Chicago – and then after that, they're back home for one, two, three, four, five, five games against Baltimore, double headers in there, and two games against Cincinnati. So I'm getting greedy. I'm looking at it, saying out of Baltimore and Cincinnati, you got to win six out of seven. If you win two out of three against Chicago, that's eight out of nine, and that puts you over 500. So. I think definitely, I mean, you just saw the White Sox. That's why I was asking about them. Um, It it looks like Pavetta will start. Rich Hill will start and Waka. And for the White Sox, Cease, they have someone to pitch him. 
yeah, Giolito, and to be yeah. determined. But that's next week. That's this coming week. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's just – it's going to be one of these roller coaster rides with the Red Sox. It's, it's not going to be a team – you were saying a couple episodes ago, the Yankees might not win 105, you know, something crazy. Like, it looks like they might at the start of the year. But I think the Yankees are in a different place than the Red Sox, definitely, as far as expectations, win total, all that. And the Red Sox are just going to be up and down. I, At the best, I still see the Red Sox as a 90-win team, and that's if everything works out. Right. All right. So I'm trying not to get too excited, but eight out of ten is – it's a good start. And I, you know what, you're going to look back if this team makes the playoffs, right? If they go past that 90 win, uh, you know, goal or whatever, if, if this team actually gets into the playoffs, whether it's as the third wild card or as the second wild card, or even the division winner, it, I, you're going to look back at this stretch right here, especially this sweep of Seattle as bad yes. as Seattle's been this year. They were still a team that, you know, just like with Boston, you're kind of waiting for them to get on some kind of a run. You know, the White Sox, same thing. Those teams are just kind of like, okay, all right, we're at the end of May. You know, <laughs> it's no more. The weather's not cold anymore. It's starting to warm up. It's time to kick it into gear. It's time to start playing ball, you know. Um, so, and this walk-off, like you said, Grand Slam, you're going to look back at this one. I think we can mark it down. You know, May 22nd was I think- that game. Yeah, it's it's a big around. one. I, I think the the bigger thing I have a funny feeling they're gonna miss the playoffs by like a game or two. And I'm gonna look back at those five walk-offs that they lost. Yeah, earlier. Sure. Because I'm looking at the run differential in the standings and they are plus one. So they're they're on the plus side. But a team that's Three games ahead of them, Toronto is negative 10 run differential. Right. So Boston is either they're in every game, but they're losing a lot of these close games, and you just can't. And I, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier. I don't think you can sustainably win with a, with a rotation bullpen kind of situation, for lack of a better term. I, I think there needs to be set roles, some flexibility, but there needs to be a closer. They need to. And I know Matt Barnes kind of backed his way into getting a save recently. So maybe right. he comes on and becomes the closer. I would say stuff wise, in a weird way, strong has the best stuff, but you don't know where it's going. Right. <laughs> um, but as far as just swing and miss stuff, I guess Strom, I could could live with a lefty-righty depending on the matchups, but just pick the lefty and the righty. Don't have it be like three or four. Yeah. I mean, and that's at the least. All I'm asking for is just to narrow the closing role down to at least two pitchers. Yeah. Because I don't think, I mean, you know better than anyone watching Rivera pitch for all those years. What? having a ninth inning guy does for the rest of the bullpen. Yeah. Listen, even you guys, you know, when, when you had your closer, if you have a set closer 
it just stabilizes the rest of the bullpen, right? We always say that gives everybody their role. If he's the closer, okay, I'm the main setup guy or I'm the six, seven, eighth guy, you know, whatever it is. Yep. So, and I think that's what has to happen in with the bullpen. If one of those guys steps up and hopefully for you guys, it is Barnes. If he could step up and just be that stabilizing pitcher. In, they in the did bullpen. give him a contract extension halfway through last year because if people remember, he was in, he was at the all-star game. Right. And they gave him a, what seemed to be a team friendly deal. If you think he's an all-star closer, it's a good deal. Three years, 24 million. That's cheap for, for but if he's pitching what he's doing now, it's, right now. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's fleecing yeah. Boston. So I suspect it's going to be something in between. I suspect he'll pick up, 10 to 15 saves, but I don't think he's going to be the everyday closer. So maybe yeah. at the trade deadline, um, they the Red Sox move for somebody, but I, I keep thinking that Whitlock might. I know I've gone back and forth on this, but Whitlock or how one of them has to go to the bullpen, I think, and become the closer. I would keep Whitlock as the starter. And if you're going to move one, I would move Hauk into the, the closer role. Because Hauk has a good fastball and his slider is. Alex Cora said his slider is a right-handed version of Chris Sale. Mm. So that's pretty good. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's just that third pitch and then getting through the order a second or third time. So that's a good point. I mean, I could see Hauk being the closer. And then that moves everybody back. And then Barnes isn't bad if he's your eighth or seventh guy. Right. Yeah, so, when, you, when you could pick spots for him to pitch. Exactly. Yeah. When you give him those three-run saves, that's why I think he's going to pick up 15 saves. Yeah. Because he's going to come into a couple of games that are not mop-up because you got to get the outs. So. Right. If you give it, and, and you could also pick spots – in a sixth or seventh inning where, yep. all right, the seven, eight, nine batters up. All right, let's throw Barnes in now. And then in the eighth and ninth, then, you know, you got, if it's Hauk or whoever for the ninth inning, you know, then you could start. It, it makes it, it, it does stabilize that, you know, that bullpen if, if you got the closer. So that that's going to be interesting what, what happens. And that's going to be another team, just like probably almost every team that is, somewhat in the playoff race or in the playoff race is going to be looking for a bullpen arm, right? There's yes. always, yeah. Or a starter for that matter. So um, I, I still say sales should come back and be the closer. That's my, yeah. My I, I like, I like sale and how as a lefty righty kind of eighth and ninth inning piece of together combo. And then I would trade for a starter. Yeah. For a, okay. Doesn't have to be an ace could be the two or three, you know, in there, but that, just an innings eater that throws to like a four ERA, just keeps you in some wounds. A guy like uh, <laughs> a guy like you had last year, Perez, who's who's pitching oh, phenomenal in Texas. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing gems now. Hey, look at it this way: you guys, you guys probably should should have signed him, you know, just to have that extra guy in the rotation because you never have enough uh, pitching. But you did. You obviously we we. Yeah, walk has worked out so far. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a similar bargain basement type of. But the guy you, you definitely made the right decision on was Rodriguez. He's been horrible for Detroit. Yeah. He, 
look, he was the wins leader for the Red Sox last year. He was a good pitcher for the Red Sox, but what the Tigers are asking him to do and what they're paying him to do, yeah, I think might be a little over his head. Yeah, because he pitched probably – I mean, he won 19 games three years ago, which I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was that good either. But No, nah, he's – his sweet spot is probably like 13 wins. Yeah. What he did a couple of years. 12. Ago, year. I, I would say he's comparable to not the, not numbers wise, his stats might, he might have more wins, but he, to me, he's a lot, he's a lot like um, Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a three on a good team. He's your three. Yeah. On a team. That's where Detroit is. He's your ace. Yeah. That's not good. He might be a he might be like a John Means, Jordan Montgomery type. That's you know solid depends, starter, but depends not. what you're asking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you're asking them to pitch game one of the playoffs, you're, you might be in trouble. Yeah. And to, the thing is to sign him, it would have cost a, you know a lot of money. So that, I think that was smart not to sign him. But what yeah. did what did Perez go for? What did he sign from? Perez, I know they got they let Perez and Garrett Richards walk. Um, I'm gonna say Perez got like one year, five million. Mm. Yeah, that would have been a, a good that would have been a good signing. They basically changed out Garrett Richards and Martin Perez for Waka and Rich Hill, and they also got Paxton. Four million they signed him for. Four million. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't pitch well last year, so. Let's, no, I understand why they didn't resign him because he wasn't good at all last year. I think it was just a, maybe a change of scenery doesn't better, doesn't yeah. well. Just, I mean, he had his moments for the Sox, but he was just more of a new mix eater. Yeah, and he, yeah, like he bounced around last year too, right? He started 22 games, but he was also a reliever at some point. Yep. So, yeah, maybe going into a season knowing I'm the number four starter for Texas or number three starter, whatever it was, maybe that kind of settled them down a little bit, change the scenery, like you said. Um, yeah. So. I'm looking around the league at the leaders and uh, Manny Machado. I hate to say quietly because he's putting up great stats. Yep. He's quietly putting up a really good year. Yeah. He's batting 374. Seven stolen bases, eight home runs, 27 RBIs. I just, I was just looking at the uh, the batting leaders. His name is all over the place on these leaderboards. Yep. <laughs> um, but Judge, uh, Judge is right there as far as I saw a stat where it was 50, he had, he had the third most home runs of any Yankee through 40 games in the season. Yeah. Do you know who the first two are? Oh, one of them was uh, Tino? Yep. That was the year. Wasn't that the year that he won the home run derby? I think so. 97? Yep. I, seen the, I seen the stat. It came up. Yeah, it was Tino. And the other one was, was it A-Rod? That was a decent name. Yeah. It wasn't A-Rod, right? But he was like. No, but he was on the list. Right. He was low. Right. Who was top? Was it Babe Ruth or. Yeah. The Ruth was on the list like four times. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're on a list with Babe, I mean, it was, it was a pretty pretty solid list. It was Babe Ruth, there's Mickey Mantle, A-Rod, Tino, and Judge. Yeah. 
I'd say as long as he, as long as Judge stays healthy, he's going to be in the MVP discussion along with Trout, Otani. You know, like it's going. I think it's got to be right now. It's got to be the AL. I would say Judge. Yeah, I think Judge a little bit more than Trout. Judge, Trout, and Tim Anderson. Those three. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got to go with them. Otani just because he gives you that extra with the pitching. Yeah. Um, and then I, the National League, I would go Machado or Goldschmidt. Yeah. And Arenado, too. Arenado. Yeah, they could split the votes in St. Louis, I guess. That's where a lot of it, like with St. Louis, with the Yankees, with, you know, Stan's having a really good year as well. So they might split some votes. And when you go to um, the Angels, right, you got Trout and Otani's going to, you know, get some votes, too. So, I mean, listen, that's a good problem to have when you have, you know, two guys splitting votes. Yeah. That's a good, I'd rather, you know, I would love to see one guy win it. Obviously I would love to see judge if he has that, that great of a year all year. And it would be awesome. I think if judge I puts up these type of stats, you got to give it to him. And listen, and you guys are still in the first place. Yeah. His biggest thing is getting hurt. Just like with trout. If trout's healthy, imagine if he didn't miss the games that he missed the last few years. I mean, we're talking about him as one of the greatest players of all time, regardless. So imagine yeah. adding the few games that he's missed, not few, but a lot of games that he's missed. He's uh, probably missed the, the total of pretty close what? to a season, probably, right? Maybe a season or two. Last, well, last year he missed 126 games. Yeah. I, I, other than that, I would add another season onto it. Mm hmm. Maybe two full seasons he's missed. Close. Total. It's close, you know. Yeah. Because you got to put in that, you know, the uh, the COVID year, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's close to two two seasons that this guy and he's put up numbers where he's going to finish top ten all time player, not top fifty, not top twenty. I think you're going to put him up there as one of the top ten greatest players of all time. But he's got to yeah. stay healthy, you know, because he's still yeah. only thirty, right? He's still got. Still got some years left. And I think this is the year where he kind of, I hate to say he's sneaking up on people, but he's kind of reminding some doubters. Not yeah. that many people are doubting Mike Trout. It is what it is. But right. Three-time MVP. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where I think everyone's looking at the younger stars and they right. kind of take Trout for granted. Right. And he hasn't been in the playoffs. You know, all those things. It's like, I think he's kind of, Saying, look, when I'm healthy, I'm still Mike Trout. Right. And just for, you know, just for, for argument here, you know, when you use that Jaws leaders, right, the Jaws system that's, that's on baseball reference, and he's fifth among center fielders right now. Fifth. He's got 79 war right now. Yeah, he probably got um, <laughs> just center fielders. Just center fielders. Uh, Mays. Right. It's big names. <laughs> obviously, all Hall of Famers. Mays and Mantle, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Did they list Mantle as a center fielder? Yeah. Yeah. Then you got Tris Speaker and Ty Cobb ahead of him. Okay. I, I, I wasn't sure if they would list Cobb as a center fielder, but those are big names. If you're just going by war, he's seventh already. He's two point. He's point two behind Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, he's a good good week away, good weekend <laughs> away from breaking Joe DiMaggio. And when you th- right, and he's at thirty years old, so you know, even if he puts up five more, 
big time years. At the end of this year, he'll be over 5,000 bats, but still. It, he's, right he's now, I think he's over 5,000. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He's at 4789. Okay. Yeah. I was looking at plate appearances. Plate appearances, he's, over, he's almost six. His birthday is coming up, so he'll be 31 partway through this year. Yeah, he's, it's all about health with him. As far as putting up career numbers. Like he's going to – I'm surprised that he's already over 200 stolen bases. Yeah, that's – I think that's a part of his game that people, you know, kind of overlook. Yeah. Especially now where, you know, not many guys are stealing bases. So, you know, to see him, you know, already with uh, 203 stolen bases, he's probably not going to get a lot more in his career, but – He's going to sneak him in, you know. It's what we're seeing is is either definitely one of the greatest players to, to ever play the game. And if I don't know where I saw it, I think it was through like Twitter or Facebook, but I saw a video of it was like a, I hate to say home video because at our age it's probably a cell phone, right. but it was uh, Mike Trout in high school at bat. And uh, it, the ball just sounded like a shotgun went off when he when he made contact. It was incredible. Guy just threw like a you know eighty something mile an hour fastball over the plate, and he just the ball might as well have just exploded. It just he literally sounded like he hit the cover off the ball, and this is when he was like seventeen. It's just certain guys sound different yeah and that's he's he's a perfect example i mean yeah. uh, you want to call him the natural that's a perfect that's a perfect word for him because he's he's perfect right power he could hit for average he's great in the field uh he just runs it just he does everything and he's just he's just an amazing ball player and it's it's sad because you know he's gone his whole career not being in the, the major spotlight right because he hasn't been in the playoffs i'm trying to think of a a comparable player. I would say before our time, you know, you have to go to Banks, you know, Ernie Banks. Yeah. Right. Cause he was always on a losing team. Um, but now I, even Griffey got into the playoffs a little bit later on. Yeah. And um, even early on too. Yeah. Um, or like not early, but a couple of years in his career. Um, it's hard because it's, because he play, it, what makes it worse is he's on the West Coast. Yeah. If he did this for the Marlins, say, you know, for the last decade, and they were never in the playoffs, but at least everybody would get to see him, or most fans would get to see him, because that's what hurts him. Playing in on the West Coast, his home games don't start till ten o'clock. You know, most kids are in bed. You know, the younger kids are in bed, and those are the guys you want. Those are the kids you want to to witness this. You know, to see this because that's. That's how you grow the game. You see a kid, you see this guy playing amazing, you know, you're going to gravitate towards that. You know, this is like Michael Jordan in basketball, <laughs> you know, he's yeah. that great. So, um, and Harper, but, I was just looking up Bryce Harper. He's like a hundred at bats behind Trout. Hmm. I look, I, I can, I'm, I'm more of a Harper fan than Trout. Uh, Trout was great. I just, 
Harper's I, for some good. reason, I like Harper more. I, 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 like, I, I can admit both. that Trout, I think, is better. Yeah. Harper is the highs and lows are just. Uh, Harper to me is the closest thing from what I've heard from past generations because I've never seen him play. He's the closest thing to Mickey Mantle. Mm. But yeah, Mantle after he got hurt. Yes. Hurt. Yeah, because Mantle before he got hurt was like Willie. Oh, no, Mate. before he got hurt, he was like a stallion. Yeah. But um, with Harper, yeah, he, he's another one. But at least you've seen him on the big stage, right? Yeah. And, but he's like East Coast Bryce Hop, uh, East Coast Mike, Mike Trout, basically at this point. Yeah. That just he carries the team, and now he's playing with a uh, with the with a bad elbow, and you know, and he, he can only DH for now. And yeah, I just want these players to stay healthy. I, yeah, as a, I hate, yeah, like it seems like baseball. If it's not if it's not a steroid asterisk, it's if they could stay healthy. There's yeah. always a reason at the end of somebody like when you when you like list off their stats at the end of their career yeah always well if if griffey stayed healthier if he did get traded Mm -hmm. if this guy played in the playoff you know i just want some careers that it's just that's it just let the numbers speak because even with guys like cabrera and pools that are all-time greats it's well if they only kept up pace of what they did in the first half of their career or like you said steroids right i've I've heard people connect steroids to to pool holes and i'm like there's no come on yeah i don't want to hear that you know just can guys can we just watch greatness and just like like you said it's always something else why can't we just watch it and just appreciate it for what it is yeah it's like look okay maybe he's not as dominant as it was when he was 25 but yeah, <laughs> none of us are as great as we were when we were twenty-five. No, definitely not. But at least, <laughs> like, I mean, right? You're not going to see a guy play like, yeah, like Pujols is like forty whatever years old now, but he's still, you know, he still hit two home runs yesterday. Yeah, Pittsburgh, but still, you know, give the guy credit, man. The guy's still. What happens in Pittsburgh counts. <laughs> still counts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I, I don't. Uh, how close is he to seven hundred? He's close. He's less. He's about ten away now. I think. I was just gonna say he's probably about six ninety. Yeah, yeah, because he was uh, twenty away. I think it's just a matter of time he gets seven hundred. I hope he. He's actually he's seventeen away. Okay, I think he'll get seventeen this year. Seventeen more. Yeah, it's. it's I think it's going to be close because they're in the playoff race. So it's not like if they were out of it. You could just run him out there every day as DH and get him at bats. Right. Not saying that he's a liability, but he's doing okay. You know, you can put him out there and not worry. I I think you can't. I I get what you're saying, but I don't think you can run him out every day because. But I think they're they're picking spots for him. You know, the right. Yeah, I hope I hope so too. That would be awesome, man. It'll be great for the game. You know, because it's something that we may not see again. You know, like all these numbers that we hear pitching, we we've we've talked about so many times. Yeah, the career numbers you're not going to see that much. No, no, we're not going to get you know the 300 wins anymore. It's just not going to happen. You know, like the way the game is being played, and with these, and are we ever going to get career home runs? You got 
Anybody active? Oh my God. To your point, the only active player on this list is Pujols, then Cabrera, obviously. Who do you think is third all time that's active for home runs? Home runs. Man, that's hard because what'd you say? It was Pujols and who else? Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. There are four players in the top 100 all-time home runs that are active. Hmm. I think it's somebody who's been around. I would think Trout's got to be up there, right? Nope. No. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, could it be? Got to be somebody who's been around a long time. Um, One of them you'll get. Stanton? Stanton? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the other one, I don't even know if he gets into the Hall of Fame. Wow. What team? <laughs> we'll make it quick. That's the problem. He's <laughs> oh. been on a bunch of teams. Uh, um, man, I'm not sure. Nelson Cruz. Right. Oh, that's right. He's been around forever. <laughs> He's got 453 wow. home runs. If he if he finds a way to stick around and get to 500, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But yeah, he's got to get to 500. 400 is not getting you in. Um, yeah, you got to get to. I think 500 is a good. That's a that's a nice number. 500 got to get you in. <laughs> 400. Yeah, I don't Mike, think Mike Trout is 122nd on the list. <laughs> right. How many? All right. Let's say. He does four more seasons, let's say four seasons of 40, uh, of 30, 35. So that would be 70, 140, 140, and let's say another 30 taking, this year. We're taking the 462. Yeah. 140 would take him all the way up to 37th place. Mm. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's staying healthy and being, yeah. not missing a beat, you know? <laughs> so. Yep. That's not but he's the only one that's 30 or under on this list. Hmm. Bryce Harper's 190th. And when you think of the active, the active leaders, like you said, if you're looking at them, there's nobody young. Harper's the youngest. He's at 29 and he's 12th at 276. And then Machado's 259. He's 29. Yeah. So yeah. And you don't see him. I don't see him putting up huge home run numbers. You know, he might get you 30, right? Yeah. Especially in playing in San Diego, that probably hurts him a little bit. Yeah. Um, the rest, yeah, there's nobody there that's going to be getting to 500. Yeah. We're talking about 500, let alone, you know, <laughs> Barry Bonds and uh, – Yeah, 500 is not, nothing to sneeze at. No, that's pretty good, but that just shows you how hard 500 is, let alone, yep. you know, where Cabrera is sitting and where Pujols is sitting. So, yeah, it's a rarefied air. Definitely. 700. Um, to get back to the Yankees and Red Sox, what did you think? Um, not what did you think? Obviously, it's an injury, but the IL with Higashioka and Gallo, does this, could this kind of be? a good thing for Gallo kind of get off the field for a couple of days, just kind of reset and then start over. Uh, I would, uh, you know what? 
I hope so. And every Yankee fan hopes so. And everybody in on the Yankees hopes so, because what's going on now is just not good. You could tell mentally, you could tell he's just, he's just shot. I mean, I, I think we spoke about it um, when he was in, when he pinched hit in Baltimore and he drew a walk when he got to first base, the Yankee fans were chanting, you know, his name. So, and you could tell he was visibly like upset about it. So yeah, he looked like a guy who'd never been in front of people. Yeah. So his reaction is not good. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's definitely getting to him. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's a good thing for him. And, and you know what, now's the time. I know we, we've said it, he's had a few opportunities, but Florio's got to step up now. You know, if he could step up the next week while he's out, you know, he might stay, he, he'll stay up here and, and play. Cause that to, you know, to maybe put uh, Hicks down on, on the bench because Hicks has been, like I said earlier, he's just been so bad that they got to do something. You know, unfortunately, they got to make a move and they, they got decent outfielders, but two of them are just atrocious, are just garbage right now, offensively, you know, and defensively, sadly. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting this next week um, to see how Florio does with a few. I'm sure they're not going to start him every game, but at least a few times out there and maybe with him up there and if he could perform a game or two well, maybe that puts a little bit of pressure on Hicks to step it up, you know. Um, but hopefully, like like you just said earlier, hopefully this does help Gallo, you know, step back, take a deep breath. You don't have to do everything on the team. You're not the, you know, you're not the only big home run guy. Just just relax, you know, just play ball, man. Just don't think about everything else. I know it's hard. I'm sure it's hard, but um, I, I hope it helps because I don't know what they're going to do after a month. You know, after this month is up or after, I'm sorry, after June is up and you get close to the trade deadline, you know, they got to start thinking, should we try to trade him away? Because he's in the last year of his contract. And then what do you get back? Right. You're probably not going to get, you're definitely not getting which you gave up four prospects for him, two top 10 and the other two guys were like tw- top 20. So you gave up pretty decent prospects for him. Um, so you, you're not getting four prospects back for him. You know, maybe you'll get a veteran and a, and a prospect or something, you know, I would love to get, you know, a player like Ben Tendy or um, Ian Happ from the Cubs, you know, just a player. I don't think like you get Ben Tendy for, yeah, I don't think so either because the Royals are, you know, they're going to look to, they want prospects. Maybe the Cubs might want Gallo. I don't know, but um, we'll, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm hoping the Cubs play well. So maybe they, they'd be willing to trade Hap for something and maybe they'll take Gallo and think, oh, you know, he'll come and hit 30 bombs for us in the second half. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, I was thinking for the Yankees, bring back David Robertson too as a throwing piece for bullpen. Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. Give you some innings, and you know he could do it. You know he's he's pitched here on, he's had two tours with us already, so he could definitely do it again for sure. Um, I haven't watched him much, but I think he is pitching okay with Chicago. Um, so that that'd be interesting. That that's definitely an interesting name out there, and I'm sure they're gonna. I, I hope <laughs> that they pick up somebody that we've never heard of, like Clay Holmes. And then it turns into Clay Holmes. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's the before and after. Yeah. If we could pick him up for, you know, a low prospect and, and get some middle reliever that nobody heard of and turns into, you know, a great pitcher, a closer, or even a great setup guy, that'd be awesome. Um, 
so looking ahead, what is I know with the Red Sox, it's they have off today and then three in Chicago and then back home for Baltimore and Cincinnati. But oh, what does the Yankees look like the next week? Uh, this week they got they finish up the homestand uh, with three against Baltimore. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they go to Tampa Bay for a four-game series, which I've been looking forward to because this is the first time we're going to play Tampa Bay all year. Um, Someone's got to look forward to watching baseball in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't – I can't stand watching. I know. It's for so multiple fun. reasons, I can't stand watching Tampa Bay. It is. It's, it's such an embarrassment, that, that stadium. It's an embarrassment, and then it's uh, – I'm going to be watching it. Because it's the AL East and it's good baseball, but there's no winner for me. Yeah, it's all lose lose. Yeah, absolutely. Just all across the board. Yeah. No matter what happens, a team picked up games on the Red Sox, and you're watching Tampa Bay, you know, <laughs> airport hangar. Right. <laughs> they, we've said it before. They need a new stadium. They just. I know. Well, they need to move. It's one or the other. Get yeah. for that I could see Oakland moving to Las Vegas, but I don't know where Tampa goes. Maybe they go to Charlotte. Yeah, that's a possibility. I, I just hope they make a move soon because this has been going on way too long. Um, yeah, and they're wasting. I know they haven't won at all, but they're wasting good years. Exactly. Tampa. They've been a good team the last, what, decade? Yeah. <laughs> right? It feels like every year they're in the playoffs and they're a good team. I mean – it's to me, and, and if you're a business, you want to showcase that that team, right? You want to showcase it, and you want to showcase this new stadium or this nice stadium, and you just can't because Tampa Bay plays, like you said, and it's just it's just it's embarrassing for me. And I'm surprised they've waited this long and they've dragged their feet on it. Like, just make it happen. Either come to an agreement with a new stadium and figure it out, or I'm sure there's a city out there that would gladly take Tampa Bay. You know, yeah. So it's it's bad. So that I'm, I yeah, that part I'm not looking forward to watching the game. But I'm, I'm surprised though. This is the first time you guys have played this year. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So I'm I'm very interested to see how they do in this four game series at Tampa Bay. We haven't been that good there uh, recently, so it would be nice to take three out of four, or at the very least split. But um, yeah, I'm definitely looking. What forward. stadium do you think? Or for you, not not to speak on behalf of the Yankees, what stadium do you like watching the Yankees at the most, other than Yankee Stadium? Hmm, that's a good. You know what? Um, I mean, Boston is great just because it's because of the you know the Green Monster and the history there. Same thing with Wrigley because of the history. I you know we I think we I really like some of the West Coast. I mean, I like the historical ballparks, but I like the West Coast ballparks too. Yeah, San Fran, I think is San a great Fran San Diego. Yep. Pittsburgh. That's another great stadium to watch it. Um, yeah, I would say those. But in ours, you know, and Baltimore used to be. I don't like the wall. I no. like that they pushed it back. You know, I like I don't mind them pushing it back. I think Toronto yeah. needs a new stadium. Tampa needs a new stadium. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah. It'd be great if Montreal could step up, you know, to have another team in Canada. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. You know, if they can move the Rays up there or give them an expansion. To, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, the expansion to... is being halted because Manfred said you got to figure out Tampa and Oakland first. Right, because you may have to it move. Makes sense. But... 
Yeah, I, I agree. And moving, to be honest, moving Tampa Bay would not be that bad of an idea because then I think you would get more fans with the Marlins. Yeah. Because right? then they'd be the only game in Florida. You know, and maybe you'd get more than what they're, I mean, they're not getting that many fans, but maybe you would attract more fans and maybe they'll spend more money and maybe it would help that, you know, that team out more. I don't know. Yeah. I know that's hard, right? but. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's um I get the argument for expansion, but I also understand this one time I understand Manfred this point. You, you right. want to get the teams you already have situated first. So, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, it does. It makes a lot of sense. He's absolutely right. <laughs> but For once. Yeah, but they've waited too long to do this. So yep. <laughs> so they're wrong in that sense, but he is right in that, you know. So so I'm curious what the trivia is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it came up on one of the Yankee games, so I was like, I got to save it. Um, I have a couple, but I'm just going to give you one this week since you we talked a little bit earlier, trivia a little bit. So um, most home runs from both sides of the plate in a single game, all time. For one person? Oh, yeah. Did I say that right? Um, a play- Yeah, right. The player that hit a home run from both sides of the plate in the same game all time. That's hmm. I'm not going to overthink this. I'm no, gonna... the the top, the one who's in first, or even the top two are one is a little surprising and one is extremely surprising. Oh, great! So the one time I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to give you one name that's not on the list because he's a, is Mickey Hold Mantle. On. Mickey Mantle is not. He's not, and this is only eleven or more. I'm, um, There's only eleven players on this list. Uh, no, no, oh. eleven times the players that have done it at least eleven times. Okay. Are there any Yankee or Red Sox? Yes. Uh, one, two, three Yankees and one. Okay, so I'll say Mickey Mantle. No. He's not, he's, he's got 10. So he's not on, he's just below this list. This list is 11 times or more. Oh, so Mickey Mantle did it 10 times him and Ken Caminiti did it 10 times. So you could knock him out of the way, but this is basically the top. What is it? Top five guys. Okay. Um, hmm. Ken Singleton. No. Yeah. Uh, another hint there's only one out of these five guys that are here the top five basically uh only one of them is a hall of famer right now eddie murray correct he did it 11 times he's tied with another player who did it 11 times okay i'm still thinking of the yankees yeah there's Uh, three of them was roy white no (laughs) that's hard to guess I'm just trying to think outside the box. Uh, all these guys are pretty recent too. Okay. Eddie Murray um, was the older, the older player. The other guys are all last 20 years. You've heard of all of them, but hmm. the top one that did it 14 times, the two guys that did it 14 times each, they're going to surprise you. One's going to shock you. One is going to surprise you. I'm going to say a random name again, Shelly Davis. <laughs> you know what? 
He did it 11 times. So are you serious? Yeah, he did it 11 times. Probably most. He yeah. was. On, I know he was your hitting, uh, but he was he was on Boston, right, for a short time. Well, no, I don't remember. I know he was the hitting coach pretty recent. Right. A couple of years ago, he was there. Yes. And then. Uh, I know he was on us for a short period. That's why I thought for some reason. Switch hitters. They could switch hitters on the Yankees. Oh, no, he wasn't on Boston. Okay, I'm, that was my mistake. Switch hitters for the Yankees. Um, oh, Jesus. Think of a guy who didn't play much on, on the Yankees, maybe his last two years. His last two years. Played for the Mets. Oh, Jesus. Played for the Royals. Okay, now you just handed it to me. Play for the Astros. The ball. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, he's more known. He's he's borderline Hall of Famer, but he's more known to be uh, the final out of uh, NLCS. Oh, um, Carlos Beltran. Right. Jesus. He did it twelve times. So now you're you need the top two that tied. Oh, so I was just scraping the bottom of the barrel. And well, I still not really bottom, but... Okay, so the top guys, two are... You guys did it 14 times in there. Are they Hall of Famers? Uh, no. Maybe... Oh, what's his name? It's got to be. Bernie Williams. No. He did it. Yeah, that was good. He did it, I think, eight times. Ah, what a bum. Yeah. Him and Posada. So I'll get Posada out of your... Your mind too. He did it eight times as well. Him and him and okay, so the top one did it 14, you said? Yeah. Here's another name, Tony Clark. You know him as the union leader now, president, whatever. Yeah. He did it 10 times in his career, along with Caminetti and Mickey Mantle. And the and the active leader is uh Ramirez, Jose Ramirez. He's got six. Wow. Coming um, in. Do I dare? Sh- okay, I'll just give two more guesses and then we can go. Okay. With what the answers are, uh, <laughs> Swisher and Teixeira. There you go. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you came up with Swisher because I would have never text. I, could I was see. just thinking. Well, I in my head, you just you kept on saying, "Think of Yankees over the last 20 years." I just can't believe which hitters. Yeah, I mean, I after after I said after you said no to Bernie, it had to be Teixeira right. was a little easier than Swisher, but I just threw Swisher in as a. I was thinking one of them would stick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they both did it fourteen times in their career. I'm looking it up now. Some of these names are less than um, memorable. And Swisher, Remember Milton Bradley. Whew. <laughs> and Swisher and Clark are tied for the single season American League record for games with a homer from each side of the plate. They did it three times, both in 2007 and in 2009. So, yeah, it's. Teixeira had a good career. He's another guy. We were just saying it, but I'm going to say it about him. What if he stayed healthy his whole career? Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's valid. It's, it's not like, you know. He was a marginal player. He was he was a great glove, good at bat. 
He's a really good player. He's got 409 career home runs. Yeah, to me, he's like a uh, power-hitting Will Clark, Mark Grace, but with power. Yeah, because he had a great not, not great average, not horrible average. He's not like the – see, I, I put lefty – I put first baseman to like if we're going to stereotype the different positions, I would just put either the power-hitting strikeouts and a lot of home runs or the slick fielding kind of contact first baseman. Yeah. And he was a little bit of both. He wasn't like swing or miss that no. high amount. Decent career, uh, d- decent hitter. He was a career 268. Yeah. It wasn't like one of these guys like getting up there and bat 205, hitting home runs. But he never he, had a, he, was, he was underrated, I think, with his glove. Yeah. Never won MVP. I think he had five times he, he got voted. He got votes. One time he was second MVP. That was 09. When they went to the when they won the World Series, five time Gold Glove, three time All Star, three time Silver Slugger. Yeah, I, look, anytime you win five Gold Gloves, it's hard to be underrated. But yeah, I think he could have won more. But yeah, yeah, he was really good, very good glove. I always usually there the writers are like a year or two late on the trend of giving people their due mm-hmm. with awards. Like some years, you remember the year where. Wasn't it who was the first baseman that should have won it? Well, Yankee fans will tell you it was should have been Tino. Yes, Tino. That's mm-hmm. that's exactly it. He was another very in his international, he was underrated as a first baseman. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's great glove, Tino. Yep. Great glove. I just mean as a player all around. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you talk, if you talk to national fans and you say list me 25 great first basemen everyone's going to agree on like Garrig and Jimmy Fox and all that yeah you'll never hear Tino's yeah but it's like he was he was a really good first baseman good yeah just I mean just solid all the way around great glove and Fred McGriff yep and Tino never won a gold glove wow and he was I mean, he was excellent at, at first base. Really good. Um, and the one year that, that he should have won it, I think Palmero won it, and he only played a handful of games at first base. So that's why it was a big uproar. I yeah. What it was. But, yeah, he was, he's, he's great. I mean, underappreciated maybe. Outside of New York maybe, because I know all Yankee fans love Tino. You know, that's, he's easily one of the you know, most popular players on the team. Who do you think, before we go, this reminded me of something. Who do you think is the most underrated New York Yankee? Hmm. I, you know what? Looking at the, uh, I know that could be a whole episode, but yeah, I, maybe I think we'll tease it. But yeah, we'll give it. I, I'm going to say Willie Randolph. That's good. When you look at his like advanced stats and all that, he's up there with with the greats. Actually, <laughs> he's right up there. I mean. In, in Jaws, he's 16th overall. And for Red Sox, I would say probably, to keep it recent, maybe Jason Veritek. Yeah, I would say caught, a little underrated. Yeah, I would say that. Has caught, like, I think four no-hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to think about that. That would be a – I love when I ask a question and it even surprises me. Yeah. 
<laughs> where it but gets then, it going. So next episode, we can talk about like underrated. I hate to say old great because if yeah. you're talking recent Red Sox, you're winning championships. If you're talking Yankees, you're winning championships. You're, you know what I mean? It's hard to be overrated when you're on a winning team. But the underrated talk is is a little is interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to look at, you know what, I, I'd rather look, I know he's an easy, not that he's an easy answer, but I, I, that's a good answer. But there's a couple others probably during the, uh, the lean years in the 80s, you know, yeah. 90s. And problem is a lot of, during that era, you didn't stay on the team long if you didn't produce or if you weren't winning, you know, they were trading guys away too quick or, you know, whatever. Right, so right. That's, that's the other thing. But yeah, I, for me, it was, it was Randolph, you know, I think he's so underappreciated and also as a manager too, I, he should have got another shot. I just think. Yeah, I think so. That's fair. fair older and, you know, just the age now it's, you know, whatever he is, he's 67 now. So he'll probably never get another job, but as a manager, but, you know, always liked Willie Randolph. Always. Classy. Very good player. And a very good player. So, yes. I hate to call him a borderline Hall of Famer, but he's right there. He is, definitely. Especially for his position, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that was a, was a lively debate. It was interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting where it goes from Yankees, Red Sox to Trout to Willie Randolph. <laughs> we cover it all. There you go. There you go. And that was episode 40, what are we on? 47 already. Oof. Yeah, it's flying by. Um, next next episode will be the end of May already. And um, be on the lookout for our Twitter space event on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Try to go around the league like we do and broaden the conversation out to not just Yankees and Red Sox, but the rest of the league and uh, talk about that. And you can find us at Talking Rivals, at CP7NY is Chris, at Patrick Trotty is me. And um, TalkingRivals.com, also on SportsWire, on SportNarium.com, backslash player, thanks to Tom Bryce. Um, you can also catch Chris with Charmin on Liftoff, the Jets podcast, uh, if you want some football talk. And um, until next week, um, enjoy the games. Take care. <laughs>